Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics uh, here on a very somber evening uh, in late February 2022. Uh, I'm Michael Dow. I'm hosting tonight with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. Hey. Um, oh, I should do the station ID. Uh, we are uh, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. And uh, yeah, we are, <clears throat> uh, we're recording this uh, on the evening, uh, the, the, the night uh, after the, the, the morning in which uh, Vladimir Putin ordered the Russian army to invade Ukraine uh, massively, like, like not yeah. a small incursion into a limited area in the east. Not a few selected strikes on military targets to soften things up or whatever. This is a full-scale invasion. My understanding, just before I um, I, I uh, <clears throat> sort of logged off to to join this uh, to do this recording, it appears that uh, the Russian troops are getting close to the to the capital of Kiev and are uh, uh, preparing to encircle the city. So apparently they've um I can I can try to confirm it, confirm this but I believe they've taken a an airport just outside of the capital. Yeah. Uh so and it's worth noting yeah. Kiev is like 100 miles from uh any border. So uh the Russians have you know this as this isn't like, you know, somebody in Massachusetts going up and 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 attacking a you know, a city just over the border in New Hampshire or whatever, you know. This is this is the, the, this is absolutely a major incursion. So, yeah, <clears throat> I heard some news this afternoon that the Ukrainians had had gotten the airport back, and um, the way the Russians got it originally is they dropped some, like the, our seals, they dropped Russian soldiers in with Ukrainian uniforms, so they took it oh. over without very much gunfire, and the Ukrainians, or at least they were fighting to get it back. The Ukrainians saying they have it back, but that it was actually a um, false. Um, the Russians were wearing Ukrainian uniforms. Um, it well, looks like they have re, re. As far as I can tell, Retaken they recaptured the um, the the airport. The Russians? Um, no, the Ukrainians. That's what the that's what the Ukraini Ukrainians are reporting right now. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I thought it, I heard that late this afternoon. It's a, I mean, it's, it's a war. They're in a war. Yeah. Uh, so um, there's going to be, especially like um, with like the, it's, it's raging right now. So there's, there's going to be some very uh, conflicting reports coming out. Um, <clears throat> like yes. the immediate reports uh, before they can be absolutely confirmed. So mm -hmm. um yeah, um, there have been bombings. You know there have been people. There have been troops, and apparently Biden is sending <coughs> our troops in to neighboring um, areas. Yeah, yeah, not, not into the not into Ukraine itself. Yeah, um, um, you know, I've I've seen reports of more than forty Ukrainian soldiers killed, which, on the one hand, is a really small number for a war, but uh, early days and. God knows what else is going to go wrong. But uh, I did also see uh, uh, that uh, near Kharkiv, which is sort of the second city of the Ukraine, 
uh, of Ukraine, sorry. Uh, the Ukraine apparently is sort of a, a preferred Russian terminology that sort of suggests it's a territory rather than an independent country. So, <clears throat> but um, the uh, uh, apparently uh, at least one apartment building near Kharkiv was was hit, and I saw that there were you know casualties there. I saw injured people in the photographs and whatnot. So, it, it's clear that uh, the Russians aren't just hitting, you know, like military bases and and you know border checkpoints and stuff like that. They are they are you know their their destruction is 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 going beyond like extremely limited tactical uh you know priorities right um you know why they wanted the airport is because that's how they're going to bring in other troops right near Kiev i mean the airport is always yeah a good thing to capture (laughs) to control an area well Yeah, that one's important to the Ukrainians to try and hold on to it. Sure, yeah. Or destroy it so they can't land there. So they can't land there. They can't, you know, launch planes from there. Um, If they're trying a siege, you know, they can't be resupplied from the air, you know, like a la the Berlin airlift (coughs) back in the Uh, day. Speaking of um, troop landings down by. uh, Speaking of air, air, um, launching air attacks. there, there apparently is a a lone uh, pilot that is um, Ukrainian pilot that has <laughs> shot mm-hmm. down multiple Russian um, aircraft. No, oh. he's being called the Ghost of Kiev. Oh, interesting! I hadn't heard that. <laughs> it's 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 um, I don't know if if this is like a Twitter thing or not. I just thought it was. At least something <laughs> funny. Uh, also, uh, the war is brought to us by Applebee's. Um, there's- oh, I didn't realize uh, uh, Mr. Putin had decided to hook up some corporate sponsorship. I mean, that's a I smart guess. move in today's uh, in today's you know uh, uh, synergistic internet culture. You know, having some corporate backers really helps you to like do some cross platform branding opportunities. Really, like you know. Out of all the really stupid decisions the United States made in uh, our invasion of Iraq, you know, all those like 20 years ago, we really like we should have gotten a corporate sponsor, you know, like, mm. you know, the, the the you know, the 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 bombardment of Mosul brought to you by AT&T. I mean, like the reason I say <clears throat> this is because their uh, CNN's coverage of um, the uh, of the attack, uh, they broke for commercial and it went directly to an Applebee's commercial that's really bright and sunny and happy and people dancing, drinking beer. So it's yeah. Um capitalism stops for no man. Um that's that's basically what the uh, what the what the moral of this story is. We are all grists um, for the mill. Yeah. Um but yeah the uh yeah this is horrible this is terrible there's i i don't really i like i i bring up like the ghost of kiev and and the applebee's thing is because it makes knowing that people are getting hurt it at least like softens the emotional blow a little bit um and especially since like there's nothing we can do about it like at all i like seeing the uh 
the news pieces on the grandmothers that are getting assault weapons to defend their homes. Like, this is this is so, you know, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess they will. I guess so they will. It sounds I, like I, they are. So I shared with you guys an article from The Atlantic that I, I – I recommend our listeners take a look at. It's by uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, actually, a name that uh, Ooh, folks may remember like from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From from the halcyon days of the first impeachment of President Trump. Halcyon, <coughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know. Oh, remember those good times? <laughs> oh, anyway. The, the days of what? Um, no COVID. Uh, Honey and mead or something. I, exactly. I yes. Wine and roses. <laughs> yes. Honey and mead sounds good though, you know, or mead and cheese maybe. I mean, mead is hot, like alcohol Made from honey. honey. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Mead and cheese perhaps? Mead, um, I forget what the phrase is. It doesn't matter. What are you going to say about, about uh, slate? And this, this will be uh, posted on the show notes in the podcast <clears> and on uh, – yeah the website civilpoliticsradio.com so yeah what is, but it was it was in the atlantic yeah. actually oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh and, uh essentially he sort of uh uh sort of looked back on the past 20 to 30 years um and talked about sort of the, you know the the made the, the counterfactual case that like the u.s could have done more to uh prevent this war from happening um by taking steps to sort of build closer ties to Ukraine, um, both economically and politically, uh, and that uh, several administrations before this have made key mistakes in in not doing that, you know, maybe out of hopes of working more closely with Russia or not pissing the Russians off or whatever. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, it's it's quite interesting. And uh, he did also uh, uh, – uh, uh, ask a rhetorical question that I have asked on this show. I think that we, uh, uh, Sue also asks, uh, just, you know, okay, so why did President Biden spell out that we wouldn't send troops to the Ukraine? You know, uh, why didn't he say, you know, like, it's, of course, nobody thought it was likely, but if he didn't say like, oh, we absolutely won't do it, then... Uh, you know, it just lets Putin know, yeah, the coast is really clear as opposed to, oh, well, I think it's everything's, you know, be, everything's be, on the table. <laughs> it would be yeah. premature to comment. You know, we aren't, you know, they aren't part of NATO, so we don't have any, any, any you know, uh, uh, you know, treaty obligations or whatever. But, you know, we, of course, take the safety and sovereignty of the Ukraine very seriously and, you know, on the people there and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah. Actually, we do have some obligations. I think we were party to six or seven treaties that involved Ukraine. That's true. And, um, That's true. Membership in UN and all that stuff. But is it the Buda, Budapest Agreement, the 1994 Budapest Agreement, where they gave up their I forget their where they gave up their yes. nukes? Yes, I think that was the yeah. I, 94. Is right. I think it was in Budapest. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, we we did Vienna, Vienna we, document. We did well. Then it would. Not, then it, why would it be in Budapest if it was in Vienna? I don't know. Anyway, the point is we did make an agreement. In oh, about, I'm sorry. That's the other one. Sorry. We did Budapest make an agreement. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Budapest memorandum, memorandum 1994. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we did make an agreement and Russia signed onto it too, that like in exchange for the yep. for Ukraine saying, yep, we're going to give up this huge nuclear arsenal that the Soviets put here. Uh that 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 you guys will respect our our territorial sovereignty. So yeah, I think that's um, 
I think it was us UK and uh, Russia that signed that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I saw a piece, uh, you know, how Putin was saying that he wanted us to legally sign on a document that we wouldn't let them into NATO, even though it's not for us to say, and, um, that he needed to see it in a legally binding agreement. I heard somebody list the ones that they'd breached with this, uh, the Helsinki final act, yeah. uh, the charter of Paris, um, yeah. uh, Covenant arms forces in Europe, the Vienna document. That's why I saw that. That's not the right one. And then the Budapest hmm. agreement. And they all, um, and more recently, the Minsk, uh, Mix, yes. Minsk agreement that was very Russian um, <clears throat> um, biased. And they uh-huh. just threw that one out too. So they, yeah. they really, doesn't matter what they signed, I guess. I mean, yeah. It's, uh- <clears throat> I mean, at a at a at a root level, I think that's true of a lot of human internet, you know, international politics. It's like, you know, if we, you know, hearkening back to the the famed Melian dialogue from Thucydides' History of the Peloponnesian War, you know, it's like the Melians had rebelled against uh, Athenian control, and a meeting between the ambassadors, the the dialogue presented is the Melians saying. Look, you know, we're our own people. We're going to do our own thing. And, you know, we're over here and we're not trying to fight you. Just we don't want to be bossed around and dragged into your war. So, you know, just leave us alone. And the Athenians (laughs) said, yeah, but here's the thing. We can conquer your city and you can't stop us. So we're gonna. And that was it, you know, like, so there's a certain amount of that, I think, that's always sort of in the background of any kind of human relationship like that but yeah uh peace uh, strength is that a, a reagan thing peace through strength or the or uh the you know i thought the, it was um, bismarck but whatever it's um <laughs> it, it's it, the 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 logic is is i think any human can understand that logic pretty easily but nevertheless there's uh uh i think the uh the colloquial phrase if you don't start none, there won't be none. You know, I think people understand what that means. It's like, you know, what? Wh- why? Just why? Why? Are, <laughs> why are we doing this? And why are? Why is? Uh, uh, why did Vladimir Putin decide that this was a good idea? Because he is, you know, uh, 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 an autocrat who has, you know, has vast control over the actions of the Russian state. Uh, so, you know. Basically, if he decided he wanted to do this, well, if he decided he wanted to do this, nobody was going to be able to stop him. Um, But also, like, like, you know, I read an article in The New York Times that where people were saying, like, we really didn't think he was going to do this. We really thought this was just like an elaborate bluff. And he was kind of like, okay, well, you know, in exchange for this, I guess I could send some of the troops back and, you know, that he would that this was basically just him being a, a bully and 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 sort of tightening the screws as far as he could to get stuff he wanted from you know the US and from the West. Europe and Germany yeah exactly and might, and oh, and remind us that we are you know remind us that Russia has to be taken very seriously and you know i mean that's annoying but i get it there's, there's a logic to that and people are shocked that like wait how does how does invading ukraine help and I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, it might be. It might not be anything to do with the actual Russian state or the state of the, the state of the Russian 
um like the country it might just mm-hmm. be putin just wanting to ensure a legacy because mm. he's he's talked for a long time about wanting to get quote unquote get the 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 countries that the ussr had back mm. um and to expand uh russia's influence in the world that's always been one of his main goals like if you look at any of his actions it's always um to keep control of the of the russian state and to expand its 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 power um back to its former glory yeah that yeah i mean dude's ex kgb i mean come on but um i think this is this is one of those things where he's thinking more about i mean he's been in control of russia for how long like 20 years 20 I think 22 years, but certainly yeah, over yeah. 20 years, yeah, like since, since about the turn of the century, he's been, he's basically been, um, the, like the czar for two decades. He, he's not getting any younger. He's, <clears throat> he's probably True. trying to assure like a legacy. That's what, that's the only thing I can think of because this is a huge waste of manpower of um military hardware of resources and it's just pissing off everybody so what what is the point you're not going to do it to quote-unquote rescue um a few thousand um uh russian russian ukrainians what is this is not a humanitarian thing he's just trying to throw his weight around so i th- i i don't know like that that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking anytime i like i'm reading about this and like what he's doing this was very planned this was obviously like prepared for and everything so what i think it's just him wanting to do a thing mm-hmm. uh and i and pretty much like a lot of a lot of his motivations are what he wants and what's going to make him look good and um what's going to assure his control um uh over over the over Russia so and that's why uh, i'm surprised cuz i don't think that would help that i'm sorry sue you were about to say oh um if you wanted to finish your thought sorry i was no. um, you don't want to <laughs> <laughs> no it's your turn uh, sue go for well, go for yeah, go exactly oh it is <laughs> Okay, for a couple of things. Um, 1991 is when uh, Russia collapsed under Gorbachev, and then there was mm-hmm. Yeltsin. Yep. And then uh, Putin came to power in 2000. And um, 2014 is when uh, the Russian, uh, uh, the guy that liked Russia in the Ukraine was ousted. Um, mm-hmm. And um, what was that? Yeah, gonna, the, the, the was, fighting at the Maidan and so forth. Might on yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I heard this thing, and and I I found it on a lot of news sites. So maybe you guys can handicap it for me, because you know I'm such a Republican. I I don't always believe everything we say, but this <laughs> one. Um, do Do you remember in World War II that you know when J- Japan attacked us, they were saying it was out of the blue, but actually we had um, we had sort of cut off their oil. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. You know, that was a motiv- motivating fact. Well, this is a very similar thing. They were saying that last year, and you'll see the news articles. Like I said, I I can't I can't tell if it's just propaganda, but um, Ukraine actually cut off the water to the Crimea, and they were they were given they were making it really tough for the Russians. They certainly weren't helping them, and that sort of um, 
one one sort of thought is that why now? Because can you imagine if Trump was still president? I mean, he threw out NATO. He didn't care that they were putting bounties. You know, the Russians were putting bounties on our our soldiers. So if if Trump had been president, um, Putin would have got, wouldn't have gotten half the um, pushback that we've sort of organized. You know, with this actually, there's been three sets of sanctions now. I think there was one yesterday. There's some other stuff rolled out today. And uh, I think by Friday, by the time this show is on, um, there'll be another set of sanctions. But, you know, none of that stuff would have happened if, if Trump had been president. I don't think. I mean, I think he's a he loves Russia. So anyway, yeah. that's sort of my take on on the why now. Um, you know, I just to disclose my my dad was in the Marines. I have uh, three uncles that were of age and one of them was a major in the in the in the World War Two. And one of my uncles was a doctor and um got sent to China in the war. He was in the military. And my third uncle um is one of the sixteen conscientious objectors to World War Two. So he didn't go. Um so, you know, my family's a very mixed bag, but I very much believe in law and order. So um, you know, I I can't believe we're standing on the sidelines. I don't want to go to war, but I I I feel like we're just caving to to um Putin. But anyway, so I just wanted to say where I stand and I'd love to have my cousins talk to me who are Quakers about what they think should happen in in a situation like this cuz Putin's clearly the aggressor. I mean, there's no question in my mind. 100%. That's exactly what Biden said. Putin is the aggressor. Putin chose this war. Now he and his country will bear the consequences. There is going to be major economic fallout for for Russia, um, which is a major thing for them because, you know, like they they supply a lot of um, a lot of resources like oil and gas to um, to countries in Europe. And that might be cut off. Uh, There are lots of sanctions like in different industry and um how people can uh interact with with russia financially um they aren't and i was just reading a an article about the about these specific sanctions um they aren't going as far so far they are not going as far as cutting russia off completely from the the global banking system um, oh, the Swift. Yes, yeah, exactly. Swift. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to get into that. Yeah, um, Swift is no, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm glad that someone knows the hell it is. Um, Swift is the Society for Worldwide uh, Interbank Financial Telecommunication. So basically, that is a way for all the banks in the world to communicate. Um, uh, and if you were not on the Swift system, then um, that is terrible for your country's financial institutions. So if um I mean the 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 big thing is like standing on the sidelines or something there's there are different avenues for trying to uh compel uh an aggressor to back down. Um there we should be trying to go through those options um like these nonviolent or uh actions. The uh, the economic um, sanctions aren't going to be felt in Russia for another like couple weeks, um, but the threat of that is um, might do something. Probably not at this point. 
um we do have troops going into into um germany like to get ready basically but um like you said we don't want a war and we we and the united nations are actually meeting to um to to figure out the hell they're supposed to do nato is is probably trying to look at what they're supposed to do sitting i would say we would be sitting on the sidelines if every if like a bunch of other countries sent troops in and then we didn't that would i think that would be sitting on the sidelines um uh, right now the whole world is is thinking oh god what do we do with this you know because nobody wants a world war well and i i I agree with you, John, because I don't know that I don't know how the United States could intervene, you know, directly with our soldiers uh, without it being a war. Um, like we could send soldiers into the Ukraine and have them stand around saying, like, don't come at us because that is a war. And, you know, since Mr. Putin's already gone this far, uh, he might well be OK with continuing. And, you know, one of the. One of the reasons why the Cold War was such a scary time, uh, you know, especially if you remember back to the Cuban Missile Crisis, sort of the brinksmanship of it, the what is what are the uh, commanders in the field, you know, the captains of those ships and and whatever, what are they going to do in the moment? Because, uh, uh, you know, a a stupid a stupid decision by, you know, one soldier can start a whole cascade of more stupid and tragic decisions and then suddenly there's a lot of people shooting each other and it's a fight and if it's a fight then it's a war and then what so <clears throat> well what's i what's yeah. that song send in the clowns yeah I, I think we should send in the drones oh i thought you were uh, talking about cpac we... yeah <laughs> <No>. <laughs> by the, the way Liz clown Jenny political Action conference, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Liz Cheney's having a, a, a competing conference. I I can't get more details on it because I didn't get the news piece. But there's oh. there's some they're there's organizing what, like, some other conference. Five people having a potluck in a church basement, probably. Um, <clears throat> well, well, I don't we, think it would make news if it was that. Yeah. But I I think we should I think we should have been supporting Ukraine with drones if we promised them if they gave up their nukes. And Russia broke the promise. I'd I'd be helping them. Every tank that came over the border into Ukraine, we'd say, "Ukraine, do you want us to kill it?" And they'd say, "Yes." And we go, "Okay, we take care of it." And and that, and, that, and that is absolutely going to war with Russia, one hundred percent. So, I mean, I we know. can do that. No, I absolutely. I mean, if I were the Russians, I would certainly see it that way. It's like, hey, an American rocket just blew up our tank and killed our soldiers. Let's get the Americans because they're the ones who are actually fighting us and killing us. You know, it's it's very simple. Um, I whether or not, I, like, I can see the logic of saying the United States should just say screw it and we're going in. I also yeah, am very glad that. we're not. Well, but I mean, yeah, the, like, I'm, I'm saying let them let them use our drones. There's no trainers. <laughs> yeah, there is no way to to like half measure this. I don't think, like. Anything that's in, like it's one thing for us to sell them equipment, which is what we've done. I think as soon as it's equipment that we control, yeah, that then then we're in the whole shooting match. And I don't think there's I think any we'd way just be it. showing them how to use them. That's all from a distance. Uh, we'll, you know, that's the kind of distinction that 
uh, I could easily see the Russians deciding isn't important. And if if and then what if it do? were me, if it like if if someone, it, I would say that the that the Americans are 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 in the fight at that point. There there's especially with with uh, a a guy like Putin who is clearly trying to be aggressive like mm. um i don't see how like like mike said if it was equipment that we were like sold to them before then yeah. then that's or then that's one thing if like they, we if did they, with europe in world war ii lend lease they haven't quite bought it yet we're just lending it to them and we'll get it world back war we'll borrow back the garden hose we, we were in a world war we were actually, <laughs> actually no. The point of lend lease was before Pearl Harbor. It was like oh, okay. Anyway, but that's that's <laughs> yeah. a whole other thing. We are over the halfway yeah. point here, so uh, wow. we should we should perhaps take a short break, play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and then come back and we'll talk more here on civil politics. We might be changing and gears. Gonna, I don't know. We'll see. And, yeah. and we're gonna play. And we're gonna play the um, Great Gate of Kiev. The, the music by sort of the, as our little interlude music yeah, yeah part of uh pictures at an exhibition and uh it's it's honoring kiev so great piece of music all right take us away Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have 
Our incredible reference service is there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Tune in to Evidence-Based Radio, science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. And uh, <clears throat> for the second half of the show, uh, we're going to pivot from talking about uh, uh, brutal dictators uh, trying to oppress people uh, and uh, violently curtail human rights uh, uh, in Europe and focus on a real jerk here in the U.S. who's trying to do uh, a somewhat slimmed down version of the same thing. I'm, of course, talking about uh, Governor uh, Greg Abbott and Attorney General Ken Paxton of the great state of Texas and their uh, uh, actions over the past few days to essentially uh, criminalize uh, uh, people, especially school children, uh, being trans uh, transgendered. <clears throat> it's... Uh, it's really shocking. Um, at the request of a, a, a state elected representative in Texas, uh, the attorney general, Mr. Paxton, uh, basically issued a memorandum of understanding, which, uh, if I understand the situation correctly, uh, is essentially has legal force until the legislature overrules it. Um, but it's it essentially says under Texas's existing laws against child abuse, which of course it has, and which are good. Um, but it says uh, we now understand that those laws that we should understand those laws to mean that uh, children who uh, uh, think that, say they're trans or might be trans or who identify that way um, are uh, vulnerable teen, you know, vulnerable children at risk. And parents who support them in being trans, especially parents who help them get things like, you know, hormone blockers to delay the onset of puberty, those uh, parents are committing child abuse. And um, because Texas has laws that require school teachers, for example, to uh, they are mandated to report uh when they see instances of of parental parents abusing their kids, uh, that means now that like any teacher who finds out that uh, uh, someone one of their students is trans has to report it, has to 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 tell the cops that this is the case, and also it has to get back to the parents. And of course, there are plenty of kids who don't want their parents to know for whatever reason, um, and. Uh, and as somebody on Twitter pointed out that I thought was a, you know, a worthwhile additional notice, thanks to the uh, coronavirus epidemic, uh, a lot of kids are going to school on Zoom and they're using, you know, Google Docs to write essays and, and, and prepare stuff for school and whatnot and send emails and whatnot. And uh, the uh, 
because they're using uh, 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 you know equipment and uh, accounts that are created by uh, vendors working for the schools. Uh, in a lot of cases, those are being monitored by those private companies, and they'll look for keywords. And so it's possible. I mean, this hasn't happened yet that I'm aware of, but as they're pointing it out, it is quite possible that a kid could be posting about how they've got, you know, they're 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 thinking about suicide because they're trans and they don't know if anybody can handle it and they don't want their parents to know. And oh God, what are they going to do? And if they're writing that down in a private journal, what they what they intend as a private journal. Nevertheless, if they do it on you know something that's connected to their schoolwork, uh, it could get automatically flagged and passed on uh, to teachers and parents. So all of this is putting uh, kids who are going through an even tougher sort of period of self-discovery in, in uh, uh, childhood and adolescence than all of us did. Uh, are, are, is putting even more pressure on them, putting them in ever greater danger. Um, it's it's horrifying. It's it's wrong. It uh, it's it's just an absolutely like an attack on the very idea of people being trans. And 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 because teachers have to report this, it, you know, it also means uh, um, <clears throat> a book I really loved when I was a child was Ferdinand the Bull by Monroe Leaf. I don't know if you guys know that. Of course um, they do. Awesome book. Excellent. Uh, awesome book. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Amazing. Well. Sounds like grandchildren to me. I don't know. <laughs> but is Ferd, you know, like Ferdinand, he's a gentle bull who just wants to smell the flowers and doesn't want to go around fighting. Well, what kind of a young boy is that? Huh. He's gender nonconforming. <laughs> we better report that bull. You know, it's, it's. Mm-hmm. So there is a uh, a question on if if this interpretation is um, can be upheld in a court of law, um, since there there haven't been any cases that that actually that any courts have said yes, uh, gender affirming um, situations are are child abuse. So uh, there will be lawsuits, um, but. Uh, one thing that the um, Brian Klosterbor, uh, staff attorney at ACLU of Texas, said um, uh, that in a statement, neither the opinion nor the letter have a legal effect and cannot change Texas law nor usurp the constitutional rights of Texas families, but they spread fear and misinformation and could spar false reporting of child abuse at a time when DFPS is already facing a crisis in our state's foster care system. So this is this is a shot across the bow of um of trans rights. And but if someone actually reports that a kid is being abused because their uh their parents are um supporting them in in um in being trans there's going to be a whole process of the the state going to see the parents, checking out the kid, seeing what's going on. And then um, unless it's some, some doofus in uh, in DFPS that are uh, basically child protective services in Texas that says, yes, that is, that is abuse. 
then the whole thing is just going to they're going to be like, OK, well, that you know, you're good. Bye. You know, it's going to terrorize everyone. So I say that there is not a legal there's not legal precedent or if there's not a like actual power of law behind this interpretation, this letter from the governor, but it's still going to terrorize people and it's still going to make people afraid and it's still going to ruin people's lives because even if someone calls uh, CPS on you and even if you didn't do anything that everybody knows that CPS was called on you and that's going to screw up your you're standing in the community, your uh, possibly ability to get a job, depending on how small the community is, like people talk, you know. So this is this is a completely political stunt that is going to hurt his constituents and this in the in families in the state of Texas. It's and most most of who like. I'm sorry I'm going off on this but like most of most of who cannot leave Texas nor should they have to. There's a lot of people online saying well get out of Texas if anybody needs help getting out of Texas like they live there people live there. And there are actually a lot of gender affirming um uh institutions there's hospitals that that specialize in some of that in, in the in the Houston area. So this just I can't believe I'm saying this, but I hope Beto wins a thing. <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask you about. What do you think of Beto O'Rourke's chances? Uh, he's, he's he's climbing. I guess. Isn't he at thirty five? I think he's if, at thirty five. It really depends percent. on on how this plays out. Like the governor, right? But really the the thing that I that's striking me a lot is that the Texas is really, really leaning on this whole bounty thing. This whole bounty hunter, like, get the public involved kind of legal um, framework. Because yeah. this isn't the state saying we are going to investigate. It's it's the state saying, hey, if you see someone, if you see something, say something. That's basically what it is. And they're using that so they can avoid any messy court cases where, like, the ACLU says, hey, the state can't do that. What are you doing? You know? So... It's such a chilling way to approach it. I mean, it really is chilling and it really is, you know, report your neighbor. It's mm-hmm. the stuff that um, Angela Merkel went through when she was young in East Germany. Um, you know, they had all sorts of people that she was, they tried to enlist her as a, as a reporting on her neighbors mm-hmm. and her mother um, told her how to avoid it. And the way she avoided it was saying when they came to her, the KGB, they, um, or whoever it is that, um, what do you call it? Recruits people. <laughs> yes. When they came to her, they had practiced it and she said, Oh, I could never do that. I'm just a blabbermouth. You know, I talk about everybody to everything and there's, you know, I, I just couldn't keep my mouth shut. And I guess they, they let her off the hook because she was pretty convincing that she was a, a you know, a flipperty gibbert. But it's, <laughs> it's, you know, when the state does if, that, if I start reporting they, to you, I'm going to tell everybody, you know, those Stasi agents were just asking me about you. And this is what I told them. And it's like, no, that's yeah. not that's not how this works. I'm really surprised that people brought, haven't I, brought up McCarthyism uh, like with all this, with the with the um, abortion law and with this, turn in like, your neighbors. Yeah. Turn in like, your neighbors. Give us, yeah, give us yeah. a name. We have this in our history. It did not work out very well for anybody like. But people were fearful. 
it took the yeah. it took the senator from Maine, Margaret Chase Smith, to call him on it, and it's because she was pretty fearless. But yeah, people don't. It you know it's amazing what sheep people are. They really are. Also, did you notice that like Goody Peabody was arguing with 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 Goody Brown the other day and then Goody Brown's cows took sick? Did you see that? (laughs) Something's up there. (laughs) The witches. Sorry, I was just thinking back to the the good old days in family history. Um, God, yeah. I, I will push back a little bit on you, John. I, I think mm. you've, you've made some really good points and it's good corrective. Um, I think it is worth noting, though, that um, <clears throat> number one, uh, this is the uh, attorney general uh, of Texas acting uh, uh, in accordance with or interpreting the laws of Texas. So this is uh, – uh, like the primary issues are going to be how does this accord with Texas state law? I mean, there are federal rights concerns. Obviously, like no state can have a law which you know impinges on somebody's federally guaranteed rights. But if they, you know, so that's a whole separate set of court challenges that can happen. But uh, in terms of does the attorney general actually have the authority, you know, to do this? Well. As I said, the 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 piece I saw from Mark Joseph Stern and Slate said, you know, the attorney general can do this and it it doesn't hold up if a court overrules him. You know, if court rules, no, no, this is wrong. Or if, you know, the state legislature passes a law saying, no, no, this is what we mean, you know, that's fine. It's 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 an executive interpretation just at the state level instead of at the federal level, you know, like bit like presidential signing statements or whatever. But um, you know, until that actually happens. Uh, the attorney general and the governor, I believe, I believe, you know, Texas not being my home state, I could be wrong about some of this, but, uh, I believe that they do still have the authority to say, no, no law enforcement here in the state of Texas, this is what you will do. You have to do this because we're your bosses and we're telling you to do this. And, uh, there may be, well, be pushback at, 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 uh, in some localities and I hope there is, and I don't know how far those can go. And I certainly encourage court challenges or whatever, but um, uh, and and you're right. Like just the fact that they've done this and made this big public announcement, it's doing a lot of damage and may well have had you know its intended effect. They may not expect this to hold up under court challenge, but also, I mean, it might. I don't. I I you know I I'm yeah. not an expert on the state courts of Texas, but the idea that like this is the kind of thing that a that a judge in Texas might well decide is okay, and that you know the Texas state supreme court might decide is okay under Texas law, I could I could believe that, and then it'd become down to like well, but is it okay under federal law? And I think they might also be thinking like you know Gorsuch, Alito, Thomas, yep. Barrett, and um, yep. And Kavanaugh, you know, they're all we all got them firmly in the God we hate trans people, they're gross category. So, you know, we're gonna be a okay there when it comes down to it. Mm. And well, like gonna, you know, so like there's a certain amount of like webpage. if they can well, I was gonna say if they can get away with it, you know, they'll try it. And if they get away with it, they'll they'll take it. So I'm sorry, you were saying, Sue? Well, I was just gonna say, yeah, and SCOTUS has taken up the web case for a woman who designs web pages that doesn't want to do it for gay. People and they, oh, right, they right, agree right. to take the case. Uh, yeah, right. so they, they're 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 looking to cause trouble. <laughs> and and can I can like, I just can I can I just say yeah. by the way that that 
really is like an, an example of judicial activism and overreach because it's an established it's an established principle of the US federal judiciary that it is a court of limited jurisdiction and it does not do advisory opinions like the Supreme Court has kicked back all kinds of cases that have interesting legal questions, stuff that it's wound up ruling on at various times over its Eventually. more yep. than two centuries. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, OK, uh, we see that you why you're concerned, but no one's actually, you know, find you or sued you or tried to imprison you or whatever. Like you haven't actually had a had a, you know, suffered a wrong that we might, you know, try and redress legally. So you don't have a cause of action. So. Bye bye. You know, come back and come back, and we'll we'll be happy to revisit this when you actually have a problem. And she doesn't have a problem. Yeah, my, is my understanding. She doesn't actually make websites. She was just thinking about yet. about getting into yeah, it. And it's like, how is that something that 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 Scotus is going to jump the line and decide to do? Because they can, and who's going to tell them no? Well, and you're I, you're calling my conservative judges hypocritical because they're all about non-activism in the judiciary, and then here they go shopping all the time for stuff they want to they want to talk about. Yeah, it's it's well, actually I I, I, I I think I'd go as far as Texas. to call at least some of them fascists because I mean you know <laughs> they don't actually they don't actually care about principles. They don't they all they care about is power, and they'll follow the rules so long as they win, and as soon as they don't win, they'll change the rules or ignore them and dare us to stop them. Like that's how they are. That's how the Nazis were. These like like there's just there's a matter of time and degrees between where Brett Kavanaugh is and Heinrich Himmler. You know, like they're both horrible people. Wow, I know that's extreme, um, but yeah. Can we? Can we? And and that's the Republican Party today. So hooray! Well, the the show tonight's all about bullies and people who don't have any principles or yep. don't honor agreements they've signed. But if we could go back to Texas for two seconds. And by you the way, that's, the is that why that, Tucker Carlson thinks Putin's doing a great job? Just checking. Anyway. <laughs> so I was in the – actually, I want to say two things. First, I'll say the thing about Texas. Um uh-huh. I don't know if you remember Ann Richards, but she made a big point of that the governorship in Texas is actually pretty hamstrung. Yes, it's that's not true. a powerful position. You know, there's a lot of other decision makers and processes and stuff like that. I don't know. And about it's and the it's a AG. part-time decision, I think, to position deliberately, yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that Bush yeah. went from there to the presidency is sort of amazing. And I forgot what I was going to say on the other thing, so I guess it's it, gone, it, whatever it was. Governor sounds good. Was it was it me, you know, ranting about the Republican Party? Um, no, it was something else. But we'll we'll you know, I'm sure it'll come up again in our travels. So, but yeah, the Texas governorship is pretty weak, and so and the chilling effect. I mean, like uh, John was saying about McCarthyism. I mean, it wasn't just the individuals who were before Congress. It was the chilling effect on the whole country and the film industry and people were afraid once you got tarnished on the blacklist, you know, it was, it was contagious. It was yeah. worse than a pandemic in some ways. It was, um, you know, and turning in your neighbor, you know, it, it's, I, I'm glad that there are whistleblowers, but sometimes people should mind their own business. <laughs> yeah. Well, but especially when it comes to like, it's one thing to be, you know, uh, uh, I think my neighbors are like, you know, hitting their kid with a baseball bat. Yeah, by all means, call the cops. But it's like, 
I think my 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 neighbors are supporting their kid as they try to figure out who they are and you know what kind of human they are and you know what gender they are and so forth. You know how they want to it, what what kind of adult they want to grow up to be. Like that's that's not child abuse. <laughs> that's the opposite. Um, yeah, there was a court case. I think it was Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry, I'm not remembering the the actual state, but yeah. the parent lets their I think it's a 14 year old daughter walk to school. Mm-hmm. unattended and yeah, somebody yeah. turned them in. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she's 14. She can, why can't she walk to school? I mean, I did <laughs> Yeah, when I was 14. Well, and you know, young girls on the street versus young boys and you know, who's at risk for what? I mean, that's it is sure. a scary world. But, but remember, but I was that, heading to school in 1984 on my own. <laughs> and I mean, you know, if, if 1984 isn't a watchword for a difficult, difficult time and place, I don't know what, you know. I had a boss who was um, uh, Chinese, and his mother let him go to New York from Boston on the train by himself wow. and go down with a friend and travel around. I was horrified. But, you know, he's he's a very – he grew up to be a very independent, experience-based person. I mean, it, it it that's who he is. You know, it's true he could have been killed or kidnapped. But, you know, people make different – decisions. And I don't think government can substitute its decisions for parents in most cases. Also, I think it's worth noting that, you know, I travel on my own, you know, regularly. And oh, no, you you shouldn't. You need adult supervision. Well, I mean, that's the (laughs) thing. We joke, uh, you know, I'm only 51. But, um, you know, like I could be killed or kidnapped if I were to, you know, while traveling from here to Washington, D.C., I mean, it's not likely, yep. but it could happen. Well, and then who's going to notice? Flash some $100 bills, you know, flash some $100 bills and, you know, up your chances of being attacked. Oh, no, that, that, that's gauche. Never carry, carry, never carry large bills. You know? Just, just, <laughs> just, you know, that, 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 that's, that's, you know, tacky. <clears throat> so I don't know. This whole, this whole uh, uh, measure in Texas is, I think, uh, I think we'll all agree is it's like, it's, it's basically like redrawing the lines. They've retreated from the whole, you know, gay people are icky. So now they're just going back to you. Well, all right. No, gay people are OK. But trans people, trans people are icky. You know, like if we're not going to say the whole LGBTQI spectrum is bad, just the T part. But like we're we're serious about the T part, you know. Well, if you don't really care about the the kiddos, which, you know, obviously the attorney general does not. What they're really doing is virtue signaling. They're, they're basically. I thought that was a lefty putting, thing. Oh my god, it's true. <laughs> oh my it's god, it's true. Sue, you win tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You win. Yes, absolutely. But but it is. You know, they're they're trying to let people. All the folks that are sort of, you know, making noises and trying to make sure they're on the, um, you know, the Trumpian bandwagon or or you know, I can double down and. They're looking for press and they're looking for brand branding yeah. and well, regardless of what it does to anyone. And that's really, that's, what's really broken. You're a hundred percent right. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. John, are you as blown away as I am? <laughs> that I'm still mulling this whole virtue. Like she actually said virtue signal. That's I'm just basking Sorry. right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> the grenade the grenade came after the break, so I'm yeah. sorry. That's what it's supposed to. Uh, honestly, like I I I'm like, wow, I understand this better. I understand like interactions I've seen online better. I understand why oh, a wicked. lot of a lot of, well, I understand why a lot of people who think differently than I do, who are like, you know, more, you know, quote unquote conservative or whatever, are like, eh, you liberals and your virtue signaling. It's like, oh, okay. Because like mm-hmm. that is an impulse that they feel. And it's, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not a, above the idea of, you know, trying to signal to people like, yeah, I'm in favor of good things and against bad things too. But, you know, uh, like I wouldn't be doing this show, Civil Politics, after all these years if I didn't actually care about these issues too. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, makes me look cool or whatever to say, yeah, I'm in favor of good stuff. But, you know, like I, I think I'd have Mike, gotten nothing's going to make you look cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're tilting, also you're tilting at windmills here. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought tilting at windmills was cool. Well, well anyway. no, not, not since we found out it causes cancer. Oh, right. The noise. Right. Yeah. My, my bad. But um, so it, gonna, yeah, I'm go ahead. Some, we're we're almost at the like, end, Sue. So we'll let you have the last word because I think we're bored before, with my virtue signaling. <laughs> before, before everybody thinks I'm this horrible person, I have a trans flag in front of my house given to me by my friends in Hull who organize stuff like that. And, hmm. you know, what in the world do people make of that? It's sort of like the opposite of virtue signaling. You know, everybody knows I'm a Republican and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> so you can use it to confuse too. Okay, this is going to be our our weekly plea for you to just leave the party. <laughs> you can still be conservative. You can be independent in Massachusetts. It's fine. Just leave the party. Be well, conserv- be a be an economic conservative. Be be a, a straight up capitalist. Be who you want to be because we support that here and civil politics you need to be I, I, yourself we do but um i hear the music genre so like really i, I agree, don't like but... you specifically so please <laughs> leave yeah yeah before before they come for you so anyway we do have to wrap up uh but uh thanks sue thanks jama uh tough tough week but i'm glad i was here to talk about it with you guys um coming up next we've got subculture followed by table of contents at 10 and okay asia at midnight podcast of the show will be going out over the wires to all the streaming services uh, probably about 1 a.m. on Monday and we have a repeat broadcast airing 4 p.m. on Monday afternoon so listen to us all over again or check us out at civilpoliticsradio.com but that's all for now thanks for listening good night Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network to learn more go to planetsidepodcasts.com